The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care, with a higher level of care, with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Good Friday morning. We made it. We made it to Friday, everyone. Thanks for being in with us. From the Hoppy Kerchival building, Panhandle Live is driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care, with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville, online too at countryroadstireonline.com. We appreciate their sponsorship of local programming on your local radio station. And, uh, of course, Marsha Kavalik here, Jordan Warner. I hope is not in the rain where he is uh, traveling to see spring training with his dad in Florida. Uh, hopefully he's just enjoying his time there and will be rested and, and recovered and ready to go when he comes back next week. But filling in graciously is uh, from WVU Extension and uh, 4-H in Berkeley County, Mikey Withrow. Good morning. Glad to be in, even if it is raining. Uh, yeah, so I mean, we need... We need the crops. We're going to talk about that with our next guest. We need the rain for the crops, I should say. Uh, we're going to get an update from friend of the program, Ors Farm Market's own Katie Ordove. Welcome in. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in studio. I love coming in. <laughs> well, appreciate you being here. So, um, you know, is the rain good news for you? It is. We needed this. And um, we've just had perfect weather. I know we were all a little bit nervous at the beginning of the year with how warm it was. And we were seeing things progress way too quickly. And it just kind of pulled everything back these last couple of weeks of cold weather. And uh, we're hearing that things are looking really nice out in the orchards and things are running more closely back to being on time again. Which is very important for you from a crop and a product standard, right? Right. Once those blossoms are open, they're a lot more vulnerable to the cold temperatures. And so we kind of want them to slow down a little bit so they're not wide open. Now, the rest of us out in the citizenry are just like, when blossom update, when when can we take pictures? Right. right. I think Saturday. I really think, wow. I, I don't I don't know what the weather's gone for. I haven't looked at tomorrow yet. I'm sure I should be farther ahead than this. Um, but I think they're opening up really nicely for Saturday, or they can come back Monday, and I think all next week it'll be beautiful. I think it's very gracious of you guys as a farm market to uh, to open it up and say, look, if, if you want to take pictures you know, let us know, you know, so there aren't stampedes or whatever, but that because people use those beautiful blossoms as a, as a backdrop for family photos. It's become a really special time. And I remember a couple of years ago, I asked my dad, I said, how do you feel about all these people out in the orchard? Cause that's his workspace, you know, I'm in the market and he's like, I love it. He started putting up, putting out picnic tables. Oh. He just loves seeing the families out and enjoying it. I was like, okay, if you're fine with it, I'm fine with it. Him seeing um, anyone be involved in agriculture was truly the highlight of what he was doing in life. Yeah. He just loved seeing people enjoy what he was doing, enjoying the farming. Um, so we're very welcoming compared to most places. We don't charge a fee. Um, we don't believe in that. We do want people to be respectful of the property and come during the certain hours, you mm-hmm. know, that we allow them to come. And, and a lot of that's for safety because there are so many people now. We want to be able to make sure that we're there when they're there. It's become a destination. Mm-hmm. I remember when my kids were little and it's been, you know, a couple decades ago, we'd go and 
and, and pick strawberries, and that was so much fun. But it really is, you can go on a Saturday with your kids and spend the day. Yeah, and we're open year-round now, so we look at it like it's a draw. You know, it's drawing people in. While they're out there taking their pictures, they can come into the farm market. We're open to 10 to 5, Monday through Saturday right now. They can get their baked goods, their cider, their fruit, um, tons of new products in there. We just had flowers arrive yesterday. So it's just like a, a fun family outing. It's also Customer Appreciation Month. Right. We have one more week of sales going on. Um, I should know all the sales today. Um, check our Facebook page. I think right. we're updating it <laughs> daily. And then next week is a whole nother round of sales. Are you still doing um, the hot cocoa or is it because it's spring? Is that done? It's a frozen hot chocolate that we're mm -hmm. doing this time of year. So we're doing that on Fridays and Saturdays. So that would have started today. And today's the last, this is the last weekend for that. Okay. So get out there if you really want to get some, right? Yeah. And tomorrow we're sampling key lime pie. Um, we're making homemade key lime pie. That was our pie of the month. And we have a fantastic bakery right now. I'm just so proud of them. I just keep plugging them because they're doing <laughs> amazing things. Next month is Boston Cream Pie. Um, so if you want to come out and sample Key Lime, we'll be doing that all day tomorrow. And if uh, folks want to look ahead to Easter dinner, um, are, are they able to order pies for that? Yeah, we're taking pre-orders. We have a ton of cream pies. We do baked pies. Um, so go on our website and you can pre-order online or you can just give us a call. So I wanted to ask back to like, because, okay, obviously I'm doing the agritourism questions first because that's kind of what I'm interested in. But um, when you are looking ahead as an orchardist and as a producer, you know, big farm, um, how busy is this time of year for you guys? I really don't leave my office this time of year. I just sit and plan and get all the, the things purchased, a lot of packaging, think, just trying to get ahead. Mm -hmm. um, the guys out in the orchard are doing the same thing. They're hiring, they're planning, they're you know, do they have enough help for this season? Um, getting the camps ready for the the helpers to move in, the H two A workers. Um, making sure your spray program looks good for the year, and uh, looking at our our first crop is strawberries. So we're looking at those. And last year we did not have a good crop. Our plants got canceled on us. They had a disease at the nursery, and that was really devastating for us. But um, this year they're looking fantastic, and we have a ton of strawberries. You know, for twenty twenty three. I think you brought up a really good point. You know, you talk about having one bad year and how that can change everything. Um, that's, that's the typical life of agriculture. Like, how do you plan to bounce back after a year like that? Yeah, last year when they told me that, I mean, I saw it. I saw it out in the field and I tried to pray a lot and hope that they would just, you know, be amazing. But I knew it wasn't working out. And at a certain point, I'm like, I'm going to have to tell the people. Um, so I did a live and I tried to explain it to everybody, you know, like, you know, plants get diseases sometimes. And, you know, do we want to bring those into our garden? No, we don't want that disease to spread to other things. So we tried to educate people and, um, you know, really let them know the reasons why they weren't there. But I think it kind of drives more appreciation, you know, from the public because they're so used to going to the grocery store and it's always there. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but in real farm life, um, they need to understand that sometimes you have a loss. You know, for us, it was a lot of a loss, you know, and we also didn't have a great cherry crop because of the frost last year. So we just try to let them know the logistics of, you know, why those things sometimes aren't there. And maybe they, they do appreciate more the next year when it's fantastic. And know? it makes you get a little bit more creative with the rest of the crops that you get, I think. Right. It helps you so you can produce, you know, you might have really bad cherries and strawberries, but then your peaches might come on phenomenally. You know, yeah. the, the weather's not going to affect every single thing the same. Um, right. So is there something that you can that you've added in the last couple of years that you think has really changed the game that you're playing as far as agritourism? I think just the diversification all around. 
Um, you know, because if it, if we were only selling strawberries and that didn't work out, that would be really devastating. But because we've amped up our flower market, it's more of a draw on its own. Um, you know, we're doing more flowers and plants than we used to do. We're doing a ton of field trips. We're doing field trips four days a week all through May. Wow. And that's been exciting because those kids were ready to get out of that school. You know, like they didn't get to go on field trips for like two years. Right. Um, so last year we saw a huge resurgence in field trips. So we have guests like almost every day coming out from the schools. And you have a great culture there. I know uh, Miss Christina does all those great backdrops in the, you know, uh, as you're going uh, you know, weighing your your cherries, your strawberries, you can stop by and and get a picture with your with your family mm-hmm. uh, right there. And it's just the people that you have on staff come back season after season. Yeah, we have a really great core group, and I, and we try to keep them year round so that they're always there. And um, I couldn't do what we do without the team leads that we have because they all bring something special. And we kind of joke about it. We're like, most of the, our successes have been accidents. You know, like we'll just try something by accident. It, it takes off. And the photo booths was one of those things that people just loved right out the gate. And we're like, okay, let's do it every season, you know. We've talked about this before. Bit of a business risk to stop on one day a week. But it, it was something you felt led to do to be closed on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two years ago, um, I got born again, and I was just, like, really convicted about working on Sundays. And I was just like, you know, I just can't feel good about me being off on Sundays and everybody else working. And so um, I set, I set a date. I said, November, I'm going to stop doing it. And um, that year, we, we made the announcement we were going to be closed on Sundays. And it's been, done nothing but bless everybody there. And I think the quality of staff that we have now is better because – they appreciate that Sunday off where some people may not have come there to work before because they were like, I don't want to have to work on Sunday. So we're getting, you know, we're getting a little bit of older staff, more seasoned, more customer service skills, and they are staying. So, And uh, to that end, talk about your, your Easter uh, events. Yeah. So for Easter, everybody does the Easter bunny. Everybody does the egg hunts. Um, I was like, let's focus on the true meaning of the season. Um, so we're bringing out, uh, we're doing the resurrection event where we're, acting out the four stages, the four most important scenes of the resurrection of Jesus. And so they can come and just give a donation, a monetary donation. 100% of the proceeds go to the Good Samaritan Clinic. And um, we take them on a hayride for, you know, it's free because it's by donation, um, down to the barnyard. And then we'll walk them through the scenes and act them out and tell the story. And um, we've just really loved that. We have so many volunteers that show up and help. They want to, you know, dress up in costumes. We have Miss Christina. Mm-hmm. Again, very crafty. Um, has sewn all of the costumes wow. by hand. That's of course a she lot has. Of, of course crazy. she has. A lot of love. She never <laughs> sleeps. I don't know when that woman sleeps. Um, but yeah, she's sewn all the costumes. We have them ready to go. We have a ton of people that are coming that don't, don't even work for us just to help. And um, that's been a great event. So that is from 1 to 4 on April 1st and 8th. Those are two Saturdays. And we will have refreshments there for people. And then they can see the animals. We're going to be selling the animal feed. They can feed the goats. And play on the playground, and then just come back to the market when they're ready. Awesome. Have you any other questions, Mike? It, it just blows me away knowing the growth of the farm market in the past twenty-five years. Um, you know, going from just open Monday through Friday for a set. Um, Marsha, I don't think you know this, so I'm related to Katie. That's um, awesome. So I that grew makes up, a lot of sense now. Yeah, Everything's coming together. It all works together. <laughs> so I grew up when I was probably nine, started working in the farm market with my mom. So, so seeing the growth that it's went through and knowing the changes and seeing all that Uncle Mark and Katie and, and Don and even Melissa have put into it, um, you know, that's kind of amazing to me. Um, it, it, it's a sense of pride. So it, I, I thank you for everything you do for it. 
Um, what do you think, how does the community react to these changes when you bring in, you know, the nativity scene, the resurrection, when you're adding to the pumpkin patch, the educational center, we didn't even talk about that. That's a whole nother thing. Um, but, you know, does the community respond when you bring those new items in? Yeah, it's been a really strong, positive response. I was really nervous about the Sundays. The nativity is a little bit different. I mean, a lot of people do live nativities. I see that in farming. You know, other people that do what we do that have animals, we'll put those on. Um, the resurrection was a big step because a lot of people do the Easter Bunny. Mm -hmm. And they're still asking me, are you having the Easter Bunny? And I'm like, no, we're not. We're focusing on the real the real meaning here. And um, so, it, you know, I do get every once in a while get a negative Nelly. Um, but for the most part, it's positive, And that's just that's just who we are. So we're just going to awesome. be true to that. So awesome. Katie Ordove from Orr's Farm Market. Um, how can folks find out more? Um, you can go to our website at orsfarmmarket.com. We also have a really great Facebook page we post to very frequently. Um, Jackie does our social media. She rocks that out. Um, and you can jump on our e-newsletter list. We'll keep you informed about all those pick-your-own dates. Awesome. Well, thanks for being in. Thanks for having me. All right, more Panhandle Live after this quick break. Live and local, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back into Panhandle Live, the Friday edition. Marsha Kavalik and Mikey Withrow here with you. That was a great get. Thank you. It's one of those things where the more you can bring in those small business people, I think it helps build the community that we live in. You know, they're offering different things. They're providing opportunities to get out. Um, and I love being able to repay them, seeing how we came out of the COVID epidemic. You know, orchards and farms are somewhere that was like a refuge that you could mm -hmm. still go out to. Yes. And I think repaying that, you know, not that it's a debt, but repaying that, you know, respect is a huge point. Absolutely. And, you know, they pivoted like a lot of businesses, small businesses, and, and they had that drive through, which I used that was great. Oh, absolutely. Because everyone was afraid of seeing everyone, yes. you know, or touching products. You had to go home and wipe off the boxes, your cereal boxes and stuff. But um, it did, it, it lended, you know, you could go get fresh vegetables. It was normalcy get, in yes. some way. Yeah, you could get milk and not have to like go into a place where there were 50 other people. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, a lot of that made it so much nicer. So thanks uh, to, to Katie and all of the other orchardists and agricultural folks out there who I understand are probably enjoying this rain, but you should understand that in parts of the state, they're going to get a little more than we are. And ahead of expected heavy rainfall and high winds, Governor Justice has declared a state of preparedness. That, that just means look out, y'all. For all 55 West Virginia counties, um, they're on standby at the EMS centers should they need anything. I The last I saw, we might be getting... 0.9 of an inch. Yes, um, less than an inch. So. Right. But you never know. And um, so wanted to bring back a conversation we had uh, earlier in the month with Steve Allen. He is the uh, director of the Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Management from Jefferson County. Just talking about flood preparedness, just so, you know, you've got that top of mind. Should you run into any issues uh, this weekend? We haven't seen him in a while. But joining us in studio, the only person I think that has a uh, intro song for Panhandle Live, by the way, Steve Allen from Jefferson County Office of Homeland Security. Steve, how you doing? We are doing great. Oh, hang on. Do it again. Say that again. All right. There well, I go. Now you. I can hear myself. <laughs> Good morning. We're doing great this morning. Uh, the uh, the sun is shining. The birds yeah, about are tweeting. And yeah, that's the time to prepare. director would say, yeah. <laughs> now is the time to to prepare you're exactly right you want to do it while the the weather is nice and 
and you don't have to do it in winter storms or as what we're going to be talking about is flooding. So, yep, we're ready to be in here. So, Well, before we get to that flooding, I do want to ask you this. I didn't um, preface you with any of this. Um, with this wind we've been dealing with, oh, yes. what are some of the things that people need to keep in mind? Of course, what uh, porch furniture, things like that, but because <laughs> exactly. this wind is crazy. Oh, and, that, and uh, you know, with the temperatures, that was another thing is you have that uh, the temperature differential between uh, no wind and wind. And we were down into the low 20s and, oh, yeah. and teens and so forth. So, yeah, so those those are the things you got to deal with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, always be prepared. Windbreakers, things like that uh, as well, uh, you know, wearing those as well as, you know, when you start getting that low temperature, you want to make sure you have some good insulation layering and things of that nature. Well, I'm but, checking, um, all, checking all the boxes. With yeah, my you get your little hat on. Yeah. Hat, so, windbreaker, jacket. Well, so driving, uh, go ahead, Marcus. Typically, this time of year, we've been talking to you about winter tips and all of right. that. We've already, because of the temperatures being warmer, we've had already some major flooding events in the state. Exactly, exactly. And, and some it, of them tragic. Exactly, and and that's, uh, you know, one of our topics that we want to talk over, not only um, – uh, what to do when it occurs, but uh, preparedness. Things mm-hmm. like uh, knowing what it means, like um, uh, the terms that we use. What's a flash flood watch? What's a flash wa- flood warning? So what are what's those? What's an advisory? Well, it's uh, let's so pull like out that, our papers, yeah. So exactly. I feel like that confuses a lot of people, especially during the summertime with thunderstorms. So you'll have your severe thunderstorm watch, your warning, and it's like, well, if it's a watch, does that mean it's coming? So what does that all mean? Exactly. Well, fl- uh, f- uh, flash flooding is possible under a flash flood watch and flash flood warnings. And, and these are generally the same thing with the watches for each one of them. F- the uh, flooding watches or a flash flooding is possible. Be ready to move to higher ground. If a flash flood, uh, flash flood warning is issued or flooding is reported, that, that's hmm. the big thing. It's a good possibility. Um, uh, the watches are issued uh, for flooding that's expected to occur within, and this is a big thing, six hours. Mm. So when you start getting those flash flood watches, they don't come out to us, and we don't publish them to about six hours. So, so you know, when that, that possibility occurs or that possibility is there, six hours out, we're going to be saying, or the National Weather Service, not us, of right. course, because we rebroadcast what the National Weather Service says. Uh, the warnings is uh, warning is issued for flooding that's occurring or expected to occur within six hours. So the National Weather Service will put out that as well. And they have, uh, it's it's incredible the equipment that they have out there in the National Weather Service oh, yeah. and the USGS, the Geological Survey. Um, they have a lot of river gauges. They have what we call its IFLOs, the Integrated Flood Observer Warning System. Hmm. And uh, what that is, is it's a series of um, um, weather monitoring equipment that measures how much rain comes down. And wow. uh, there, there are uh, there's several of them. We have several in Jefferson County and in Berkeley County, but throughout the state. And uh, what it does is it measures this amount of rain that comes down and drops into a little bucket, and every four one-hundredths of an inch, <laughs> that bucket tips, and then it measures that – They've received that much rain, so they can do a hydro. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you can't do that. Well, you can do it by computer, but you have to have the computers to put the the information together. We always talk about the usual suspects. We know that folks who live on low lying areas Mm -hmm. or areas that are right along a creek uh, need to be really vigilant when when it's rained a lot 
or when it's rained a lot upstream from that's, us. That's exactly right. Um, yes. And they may need that six hours to prepare to leave because their roots might be blocked. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, If you and you, you hit it right on the head that if you are in an area that generally will have flooding, you have to make sure that I know what's my second way out. Where mm -hmm. can I go to to get out if that primary uh, exit is just like with the uh, fire drills. Yeah. If your primary exit is blocked, you have to go your secondary exit. Right. And um, some of us are lulled into a sense of complacency because we have four-wheel drives or our, we've got a lift kit. <laughs> so talk about that a oh, little bit. Oh, my gosh. The number of times that we've had to go out, our, well, our fire and, and uh, EMS have had to go out to rescue somebody that's driven through because they've got this high pickup truck or whatever that, uh, you know, they put the lift kits on and, well, I can make it and drive through and – they don't make it all the way through, and fortunately, nine chances out of ten, they're able to go in, get them out with no problems. However, that that percentage that uh, of the number of people that have people that have been uh, uh, carried away by the water, the vehicles carried away, and it only takes six inches of water yeah. to to lift that car. When really? you start looking at that, mm -hmm. it doesn't take very much. And you much. can't tell when you're driving up on no, it. No, you don't know what's underneath of the water. You can't see if there's a dip there. It looks all flat because the water is laying flat. You don't know that it goes down, and, and so they, they get themselves in trouble. And uh, I, I remember specifically one incident um, out uh, off of, uh, now this is when I was in Berkeley County, mm -hmm. but off of uh, Stonebridge mm -hmm. uh, by the Stonebridge Golf Course or Golf Course Road. Yeah. I was standing up on the bridge. I'd come in from the uh, Blairton area coming in that way because I knew that that the road on the west side is going to be blocked because we, we monitor it. And a car just came on through, drove through the, the standing water up onto the bridge. And this is before the new bridge was yeah. built. Mm -hmm. This was the old stone, the stone bridge. bridge. Mm -hmm. I was up on there. And I looked at him and I said, why did you drive through? There are... Uh, road closed signs, high water signs. Well, I, I could make it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Famous well, last words. Yeah. Well, and well, not and, in that case. But. And we we've had uh, with within Jeff within Berkeley County when it was there, we had an elderly gentleman that was in a vehicle down in the uh, the Inwood area, South Berkeley area, mm -hmm. that uh, uh, was carried away and, and unfortunately died. So, what should people have? At the ready, if they're driving around, you know, we get a bad rainstorm or a flash flood. I mean, the, the out western Maryland, where a lot of our, you know, water comes from, they just got a ton of snow out there. So that's going to be melting and making its way down this way. So what should people be thinking about uh, during flood season? Well, you always want to have... Do they need sandbags in the car? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that, that's a, no, that's a good point, though. <laughs> but really, no. But you, you want to have uh, emergency equipment in your car, such as... Uh, some type of uh, communications equipment. You want to make sure your car is in good shape, too. Right. That's one of the big things. Um, windshield wipers are maintained and things like that if you're out in the rain. But you want to have uh, a kit in there. You want to have food, water, things like that. It doesn't. You don't have to have a week's supply in your vehicle or anything of that nature because we're not talking freezing weather mm -hmm. where you might right. be um, closed off for several hours or something like that and would you know get cold and all this. But you want to have... Uh, Clothing in there, of course, you, like I said, communications equipment. And those are the, the, the main topics that you'd want to have. First aid kit, things like that. It is always good to have the expertise of our EMS folks. And uh, Steve Allen knows what he's talking about. They're the guys that go out there and try to rescue folks when they uh, get into situations maybe, uh, you know, that they didn't expect trying to cross a road that's got running water on it. 
it's um, definitely one of those things that we take for granted, you know, making sure that you're prepared for all of these different mm-hmm. things. Absolutely. So, you know, like we said before, uh, before the segment, uh, it, we're not expected to get as much rain as they are downstate, but just keep it in mind, especially if you're you're traveling this weekend, and, and be mindful because uh, no one can protect you as well as you can. More Panhandle Live is coming up. We're going to get uh, a bit of a recap on the Unity campaign. We had so much fun being part of that. Let's see how, how they did. We're going to have the United Way of the Eastern Panhandle on after this news break. You're listening to Panhandle Live. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. There must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. I can't. Hey, welcome back into Panhandle Live. It is a Friday edition. We are soldiering on. It's a rainy day, but it's it's warm here inside the studio. Marsha Kavalik here, and uh, my special co-host is Mikey Withrow. Panhandle Live from the Hoppy Kerchival Building is brought to you, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. Taking you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville and online, too, at countryroadstireonline.com. Um, so thanks for their uh, their support of local uh, broadcasting. And Mikey, thank you for being in. Absolutely. Always a pleasure to be on the radio. <laughs> and we're going to have you two more days. Is that right? Monday and Tuesday. Awesome. That is. And Tuesday, technically, Jordan will be back from vacation, but they're going out to, to some big sports thing at Shepherd where the NFL is going to be there. I love how nonchalant it's just some sports thing. Sports the NFL is going to be there. Sports ball. Anyway, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Like the sports crew is really you know jazz oh absolutely so, um but something we're really jazzed about and have had so much fun one of the reasons is it makes my job as a pro uh, scheduler way easier for the talk show is the unity campaign has wrapped up and uh it, you may remember we did our speed dating segments we lovingly called them where we introduced you to a lot of member agencies of the united way who are using the power of the united way to get their message out uh, during a big fundraising blitz. So today we're going to get a bit of a recap. And so joining us in studio is United Way of the Eastern Panhandle's Executive Director, Penny Porter. Welcome in. Good morning. Thanks thank for you coming so in. much for having me this morning. And thank you for bringing treats. I'll say, I didn't know that was part of this, but I'm appreciative <laughs> of it. Welcome to radio, Mikey. <laughs> this is beautiful. So Fridays are wonderful because we already have, so the uh, 95.9, the big dogs, Bob Steele, has a super fan and we call her the Donut Fairy. And I met her once, like at 5.30 in the morning. She's out delivering donuts. But every Friday we get donuts because of her. And so, that you know, this is radio. That's amazing. <laughs> radio is a beautiful thing, people. Radio is a beautiful thing. So, Penny, give us the rundown. How did it, how did it go? Yes, yeah, so I won't actually have the official totals until after the end of the month because we, we take the, the next couple of weeks to just check, recheck, and make sure, you know, we're, we're calculating according to the formulas, things like that for the matches. But um, I can give you the unofficial total that our um, agencies raised, and, and that was 38. That includes 
includes United Way. So 37 other nonprofits plus United Way. We raised over $327,000. Wow. So Phenomenal. Yeah. So we're very excited. And that does not include the $100,000 incentive match fund that, that United Way secured um, as part of the, the you know um, efforts. So really our total is over $427,000. So I was paying attention to some of those member agencies as they were doing their campaign. And then after it wrapped up on the 15th and some of them had had exceeded their goals and so did that number do you think also count that match then did, did that fall in no, no none of the numbers on our website have counted the match yet Wow. so yes so we will be calculating that and then we meet with them we have a, a you know a kind of an end of the unity campaign meeting and we reveal their their final totals um, after the formula is applied and and um, and everything so yes Wow. We were lucky enough, blessed enough to to sit with these folks. And Heather does such a great job getting them. But they sit together and they're all in it together. They support each other. And and these are organizations that are going to touch people's lives from cradle to grave. You know, we're, we're talking about, you know, youth services. We're talking about feeding the the uh, elderly, all of that. And, and the Unity Campaign allowed other folks from the community to support these wonderful organizations. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, one of the, the, I think, beauties of this effort, and we're so grateful to the United Way of Frederick County, Maryland, that that invited us to replicate this a couple of years ago. But um, one of the benefits of this really is, is, in addition to raising the dollars, the, the nonprofits that are participating really learn from each other. And so United Way provides them with a toolbox and we pay for all of the, the marketing and the advertising and, and the printed materials and, and all of those things. But there's nothing like learning from your peers when it's grassroots, you know, effort and you're, you're needing to do things. And I can tell you a couple of our directors came back to our office after their interview here and they're like, that was my first time on the radio. And so <laughs> Um, but it brings them a comfort level in order to go with a peer to come in. And of course, they have a great time once they're here, but it's helping them develop skills then that and and, and empower them um, so that they can use those throughout their, their fundraising journey as, you know, leaders of non, local nonprofits. So um, and and just the generosity of spirit amongst those those leaders, um, they go out of their way to help another you know, nonprofit director raise their funds Um and I, I specifically always call out um, kind of our top fundraiser for that. You know, Kay Barkwell has been doing yes. a phenomenal job year after year with us. She's typically, our, you know, she has been our, our top uh, fundraiser during our campaign cycles each year. But she takes that responsibility to heart because she wants to see others succeed as well. So she makes sure to go out of her way to um, to teach others, you know, how to do that Facebook video, um, you know, the, to, to, to get that message out there. And she did numerous ones with with uh, the, the other nonprofits this year. And, and she just helps them all along. And, and so and then they are doing the same thing. So they are now, you know, the ones that have kind of taken that from the last couple of years, they're sharing their tips and tricks and, and really helping each other. So yeah, it's a, it's a really fun thing to be a part of. The sense of community that nonprofit brings to the table is huge, you know, and we talk about Kay and she hates the limelight. She would much rather be like, Oh no, it's all Penny that did it. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, being able to highlight some of these nonprofits in that way um, truly gives them the platform to kind of go out and do, you know, the rest of the year of recruiting and retention and fundraising, 
you know, this isn't just this isn't just the end of that. This is the diving board for organizations like that. Well, that's a good way to put it. Absolutely. I love that. And and you're right, because in addition to like their their business side of things, also the individuals they're helping to to serve. Um, they know that as an as an individual agency, they're not able to meet all their needs. So they need those partnerships to be able to, you know, help the family that that needs food, but that also needs, um, you know, some some other uh, you know things that they don't provide that that they have to reach out to those those partners. So this helps them network and get to know whatever everybody else is doing. We had a couple. Um, Heather, like as you said, Heather does an incredible job with all of the the details of this. Um, the scheduling thirty seven member you know, agencies, and, <laughs> and she really does try to um, pair them up, you know, so that it's it's beneficial to to them as well. And sometimes it's geographically, but sometimes it's also mission oriented, you know, that sort of thing. But we, I had received some emails that said. I had no idea what this agency did until I was on the radio with them. Oh, and so that's really nice too, that they're, you're, they're just learning from each other as, mm-hmm. as much as we are. So Jordan and I have talked about the fact that we meet saints all the time. I'm sure of it, you know, and, and uh, the unity campaign is a good example of that. And just seeing these folks come in quietly sometimes and talk about what they do. And, and you know that their heart is to go out and serve the fundraising thing is something they sometimes just have to do to keep things going. But isn't it wonderful that the United Way steps alongside, uses its power and its voice to allow them to do that? Oh, thank you so much, Marsha. And and we really want to thank our community for, for their generosity because, you know, to be able to raise you know, 327,000, really 427,000 in a short period of time like that. Like 15 days. Yes. It, it speaks volumes to our, our community's um, you know, kindness and generosity and certainly want to make sure to thank WVRC Media, all, all the, the coverage on our local stations, your interviews, the stories you were able to get them to, to tell just really, really special. And they could be doing all the, the important work, but if there's not a way to convey that story out there to the public, no one knows about it. So we really want to thank you and, and the journal. Both of you are our, our media sponsors for this effort. And really, um, your services are just a critical piece of, of this effort. So I just want to thank you personally for We're that. We're happy to do it. Like, I don't even have anything in it. And I'm like, oh, thank you. No, but it's, it's amazing. Like, like you said, like I'm a nonprofit 4-H as well. Um, so to be able to have this as a network, and I've told Marsha how thankful we are just for the radio. Um, but you truly said it well when you said, like, this is what gets our story out. You know, being able to have impact is amazing. But without, you know, avenues to have it out there, it truly, it makes those hidden gems even harder to find. Right, right. And so many of our nonprofits are, um, you know, have, they have limited capacity for staffing. Uh, some are just run by volunteers. So any tools that we can help provide them uh, really means a lot. I know, Penny, in your capacity in United Way, um, you know, you, you're a great cheerleader for these teams. You probably sit in on some meetings where some difficulties are mentioned. And it's, it's a hard um, lift, sometimes a heavy lift, to take care of some of the, the weighty issues in a community like ours, you know, the homelessness, the poverty, nutrition issues. You know, we had the backpack program on. Um, it, it's it's tough. I'm sure, you know, some of these folks, that the very folks we talked to probably suffer some burnout. But knowing that other folks are pulling with them has got to be huge. 
I think so. I think in a lot of ways, this this effort is tiring for them, but it also is rejuvenating. So it gives them that kind of extra lift to to not only like learn those new skills, but also apply them and then just feel that energy because there is a palpable energy when those directors are coming in every day and they're dropping off dollars and they're going out of their comfort zone to to ask for support. And so there there's definitely um, that spirit there present, I think. And we learned about organizations that do things that we, you know, didn't even know sometimes there was a need, you know, Absolutely. Um, that deal with, uh, you know, young ladies in middle school, you know, all the way to, uh, you know, we talked a lot about uh, horses with heart, you know, all the work that they're doing and, and the, the big ideas they have to keep serving. And one of the things that was remarkable for me, we had some folks when we'd say, hey, you know, what's your goal? What do you want to use? You know, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars. Some of them had those goals. Some of them just wanted two, two thousand yes. dollars, but that was what they needed. Right. Yes, and we see that even in our grant requests that are you know it's a sep- separate funding uh, stream for us. You know when they actually apply for a grant and and are reviewed and and receive funds that way. But it's the same kind of ask. Some are you know, only ask for that, that small amount is what they need to fulfill a, you know, specific gap in their, their service. And then others, they do have a lot, much bigger scope or a bigger project and, and require more. Um, but I think all of our nonprofits, you know, that we've talked about this before that they've just have been asked to do so much more the last couple of years. Absolutely. And that has not slowed down at all. You know, if anything, it's still increasing. Uh, we're seeing that with calls to two one one in our office and, and so that as that level of need you know, stays there, um, where you just feel a responsibility at United Way to try to do whatever we can to help um, support those nonprofits as they meet that need. And thank God for the members of the community who, you know, listen to those stories, read about them, and they say, you know what, I could help. Maybe I'll help. Maybe I'll volunteer. Maybe I'll give to the Unity campaign. But they, they, they step up and they support. Yes, Absolutely. So just because the Unity campaign is over doesn't mean that people still can't give, correct? Correct. So how could they reach you if they do want to give something like that? Yes. So we accept donations throughout the year. So thank you so much for asking that question. Um, but uh, there are always um, avenues of, of support there. And the, the easiest way is to look at our website, which is uwayep.org um, or to call us. We're happy to talk through a lot of our initiatives, programs that we support throughout the year. Um, and our phone number is 304-263-0603. And you can ask for me or or Heather or any of our staff that, that can talk through some of those things. We actually have um, a lot going on this spring. We have a housing summit coming up on April 11th to actually dig into what you were just t- referring to, Marsha, is that issue, those issues that bubble to the surface that that really um, you know show where people are struggling. And housing has repeatedly come to the surface for us and, and the need specifically for you know affordable housing and, and what that looks like. Because we're in this you know beautiful community that is growing and, and provides so many opportunities, but we just have to balance that you know with the, the challenges too. And so we are looking forward to a nice conversation and dialogue um, with uh, our community members on the 11th for that. And then we have our little black dress event at the end of April. Um, and that supports our born learning initiative, which is youth literacy and early childhood development. So, wow. yes, so it we doesn't have a lot stop. Going on. Doesn't stop. No. <laughs> well, Penny Porter from the United Way of the Eastern Panhandle. Thank you for a fun. It was from our perspective a lot of fun Good. having all these folks coming in. That their their lovely spirits and their energy. And uh, thank Heather 
for everything Will she do. did. Um, I wish she could have been in with us today, but I'm sure she's very busy. But um, thank you so much for being in with the update. Absolutely. Thank you. And happy Friday. Yes, absolutely. All day today. Uh, you're listening to Panhandle Live. We're going to close things up after this quick break. It's Panhandle Live, the voice of the Panhandle. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. that Friday vibe going all day here on Panhandle Live. Welcome back in. Marsha Kavalk, Mikey Withrow in with you. And um, our last guest, Penny Porter from the United Way, brought goodies. I'll say, I didn't know that was part of radio, but yeah. I'm, I'm kind of glad that it is. Look at you. You're, you know, you're, you're getting you're getting used to the culture. Hey, right? ready or not, here we are, right? <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of perks. Um, you know, the, the great people you meet, uh, the the donut fairy on Friday, and, and then people just, I remember when, um, this is off time. No, no, this is a related topic. I'll go with it. So when um, when Chick-fil-A was closed down for mm-hmm. renovations, you know, a time of a period of great mourning uh, in the Foxcroft Avenue Absolutely. area, um, you know, a lot of people were like, I don't want my Chick-fil-A fix. Um, Sandy Hamilton, who used mm-hmm. to be in the Economic Development Authority, uh, brought us and she went to Ranson oh my and picked up chicken minis for us. That's just, well, it's funny you said that. I, I have a, during shooting sports, we have a mom that works at Chick-fil-A in Winchester. So she used to bring me sweet tea. So oh. like I completely get the, you know, needing the Chick-fil-A fix. Yeah. And it, you know, they're back. I have not been brave enough to go through the drive through there yet, but I'm sure it's way more efficient. Is it? Like- it's more efficient. There's still some waiting that's done, but at least, you know, it's to me, it's better than being wrapped around the building. I think people have been without it for a while. So they're like, I got to, you know. I'm not really living until I get back there. It's so funny. So shooting sports is Thursday night. So it's late nights. We usually get in about 830. So it's funny because you'll see like a caravan of 4-H'ers like all just go to Mm Chick-fil-A. So it's kind of hilarious. That's our kind of ritual that we do. Our kids at Musselman, because my kids were in in sports, um, a lot of the kids will go down to uh, Rutherford Crossing Mm -hmm. down, you know, Clearbrook, Stevenson, that close to Winchester uh, just because that one happens to be closer to them we this is me saying Inwood needs a Chick-fil-A I, hey I think we could put them on every exit and they would you, all be busy you're like, right. let's be honest <laughs> with Chick-fil-A this Chick-fil-A needs its own exit oh of I completely one. support that <laughs> but anyway thank you to to Penny for bringing in treats because she brought us in something sweet and some um, savory stuff from Chick-fil-A so she apparently yeah she, she was have, brave I she know must have gone through the the um, drive-through so what's going on in 4-H uh, this week and into the next uh, few weeks 4-H realm so we actually just announced um, this week in a staff meeting so we're actually looking at a May 2nd um, from 6 to 8 um, open house at our new office located at 750 Baltimore Street in Martinsburg. The former Royce Hosiery Building. I'm glad you say that because I can't say that second word yeah, that you I said. So I, I'm glad that you. Well, I can't put that say there. all those chemical names you were talking about yesterday. The pesticides. It's so, so right. Like you can just throw them out there whenever you yeah, need to. Right? <laughs> uh, but we're really excited. We're going to try to have all of our units out and about, kind of having booths set up, tables set up. We're going to have COS. So you, if you're interested in signing up as a COS member. Um, you can sign up for that. You so can, what is COS? Um, it's Community 
community educational outreach um, service. Um, so it's kind of like the, I always call it the adult version of 4-H. Oh. Um, so they meet usually once a month, once every other month. They do service projects. Um, they do crafting, did a lot of different to, things. Was that used to, did that used to be the homemakers? Yes. So it took over from oh, homemakers. Okay. Club. So, and, and it's not just ladies. It nope. can be anyone. Anybody. We also have master gardeners that'll be available um, to answer some different, you know, if you have any ornamental or um, gardening needs that we'll have some of them there to kind of staff the different tables. Um, we'll of course have 4-H things set up. We'll have a blender bike set up. We'll make smoothies, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of different fun things. Um just to kind of say, hey, we're here. This is what we're doing. Um, we're also going to do something really special. Um, the first 25 teachers that show up will have prize bags for you. All you got to do is show us your badge. Um, and that's open to anybody um, in Berkeley County. And what, what day is this again? May 2nd from 6 to 8 p.m. I'm ready to get down. That's why I'm pausing. Go ahead and keep talking. Hey, I know I'll be back before then, so I'll hit it then too. Um, but it, it's kind of our one time we're able to kind of open the new office up. We're hoping that our signage comes in. That's what we're really waiting mm-hmm. on. Um, but, you know, we're very fortunate to have the space that we do. Um, so we're, we're we're unpacking boxes trying to get it all ready. Yeah. Um, is your office all settled now or you still got boxes? I still have boxes personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's putting away records and putting away stuff um, I don't think people realize how much we have because of the different programming. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have two shelves of just school enrichment. I have three or four shelves of just camp and fair. Um, it takes a lot of stuff to pull off what we do. Oh, sure. Um, so it, it's having a home to put it in until we're ready to use it. So we have, you know, and we have to keep track of records for a certain number of years. So all of that extra kind of baggage right now is what we're moving around. Mm. Well, I don't envy you that, but it, it'll be nice when everything's settled. Yes. And again, the open house will be May 2nd, you said? May 2nd from 6, six to 8. And and um, plenty of parking, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, And the parking will be, we're hoping that it's marked off um, so that we can have some outside vendors as well. Oh, um, okay. We'll make sure that everything is ready to go. That is very cool. So, Mikey, I'm looking forward to having you on the show again Monday and Tuesday. You've got a special 4-H guest again on Monday. Uh, so we really appreciate your time uh, here today. And also wanted to remind folks that the home show is happening at the historic Roundhouse in Martinsburg. Both days this weekend, you may see some of the personalities here from the radio station. So stop by and see us. Say hello. Uh, Hoppy is up next with TalkLine. He's going to have a PEIA update. I think they're going to talk some sports ball, I think. Um, too. And um, also steam release, which is a lot of fun for a lot of folks. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And, um, you know, have a great weekend, even if it's a little rainy out, right? Yeah, there's plenty of stuff to do around Martinsburg, even if it is raining. (laughs) So Mikey, once again, thank you so much for being in again. Mike will be my special co-host Monday and Tuesday as well uh, for the vacationing. Jordan Warner. more Panhandle Live next week, beginning at 9. You've been listening to the Panhandle News Network, Panhandle Live from Martinsburg, West Virginia. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.